Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, September 23rd. Today on the show, Nashville SE puts on a show in South Florida. Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville joins us to preview the Florida-Tennessee game. But we begin with Wednesday's injury report from the Tennessee Titans. To all of you out there who are even contemplating, even thinking about doing some work on your home, a major remodel, a custom build, whatever it may be, it's a long process. It takes a lot of time, a lot of thought, and you need to be talking to people well in advance before you make these decisions to get all of your information lined up to make sure you know your budget, your timeline, your plan, and your strategy. This is where the Kingston Group comes in. BuildKG.com is the website. I bet you if you talk to them, you may not even use them. It may not be the right fit for you, but you will get something out of the conversation because they will help you with your process because that is what they do better than anybody else. They're locally owned and award-winning for a reason because of their process. Go to buildkg.com and check out their work and give them a call. The Kingston Group. Well, the Tennessee Titans were back on the practice field on Wednesday afternoon and the injury report featured some good news, but also a lot of questions. Seven names did not participate in practice, and some of them are more concerning than others. So we'll get to that in just a second. So why don't we start with the potentially good news? A.J. Brown was a limited participant, which he will likely just be every single Wednesday or maybe every single practice from here on out. But limited work is better than no work. And the big piece of good news, Taylor Lewan was a full participant on Wednesday. How healthy is he? How strong is he? How effective can he be? All of this is very much still left up to debate. But a full go on Wednesday is a big positive step for Lawan in the offensive line. Outside linebacker Derek Roberson participated in practice. He was limited, and offensive tackle Ty Sambrello was a full participant as well. Now let's get to the bad news. Roger Saffold and Ben Jones both missed practice with a shoulder and knee issue respectively. Bud Dupree was out with a knee. Jayon Brown is still dealing with the hamstring and did not practice. Caleb Farley was still out with the shoulder. And tight end Anthony Ferkser didn't participate because of his knee issue. And, of course, Derrick Henry sat out for rest purposes. I suppose when you carry a career-high 35 times and catch a career-high six passes and account for 237 yards, you can take a day off. Jayon Brown, Caleb Farley, Anthony Ferkser, they all missed last weekend's game. And Roger Saffold left the game in the middle and all of them are still out three days later. This would be a concern for me as we head into the weekend. Maybe some of these guys will work their way back onto the practice field. We have to keep an eye and see. That's a lot of really talented bodies out of the lineup on Wednesday. Of course, the Indianapolis Colts have their own issues. Carson Wentz, Braden Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Zach Paschal, and Jordan Glasgow did not participate in practice on Wednesday. All signs are pointing to Jacob Eason making his first career NFL start this weekend at Nissan Stadium when the Colts come to town. The game is set for a noon kickoff, and the Titans are currently a five-point favorite. But both of these teams have a lot to keep an eye on as it pertains to injuries over the course of the next two days. Well, it is Thursday morning, so that means we visit with Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville to talk about the Tennessee Volunteers. They head to Florida for Florida Week this week, Josh. First of all, welcome to the show. Number two, can you remember a less enthusiastic Florida, Tennessee buildup than this week has been? I cannot. There just is not much buzz. And a lot of the conversation from Tennessee fans is, 
how much are we going to lose by can we cover the line which you know could be a positive conversation but the line's 20 so that really is talking about can we not lose by three plus touchdowns and you know maybe things will change in the in the final 48 hours before the game but uh it it kind of reminds me of where the conversation was in the summer there just wasn't much and we're going back and forth with the quarterback position again but in terms of Tennessee being able to win the game and beat the Gators there's very little conversation there right now from Tennessee fans, at least from what I'm hearing. What's interesting is the, the quarterback conversation has got to be so old at this point already. And we're only three games into the season. What, what do you think Josh Heupel is looking for from either of these two guys to, to, so that he can make a decision a little bit more forcefully? Well, I think Josh Heupel wants consistent playmaking and he wants somebody that he can trust to run the offense very quickly. They want the tempo. And I think that was a question with Hinden Hooker at the start of the season. They saw playmaking ability in practice, like the, these deep ball issues that we've talked about from Joe Milton in games, I don't think existed on the practice field. That's why they're calling them in games and they could go fast with Joe Milton, but he looked a little confused at times. He wasn't seeing everything that they wanted him to see. We know that against Bowling Green. And then he missed passes that, you know, if you hit on one or two of those, we might be talking about a different result in the Pittsburgh game. Very well could be. So that's what they want, but they didn't get it from Joe Milton. Now he hasn't been out there playing. And I wonder how much that affects the coaching staff's confidence in going on the road for the first time in a tough spot, a night game in the swamp with a guy that, hasn't been playing in the last time that he did, he wasn't having much success with him and hooker. Maybe they have some trust in him being on the road, but not as much with the downfield playmaking ability, which they probably need if they're going to try to knock off the Gators, try to pull off a big upset. Look, I there's, I've said, I want to see this team show pride and fight and buy in. We saw that against Pittsburgh. I think if they do that in a blowout, that's sort of what I'm looking for. I know that sounds super disappointing for Tennessee fans, is there are there matchups on paper that you see that that Tennessee can exploit, take advantage of, or because again that point spread started at sixteen and it ballooned to twenty pretty quickly? I don't know that I would say matchup advantages. Uh, I would say on offense, I do like that the staff has found ways to get receivers open at times. This is not a great group of wide receivers, but they have some guys with speed. I mean, if we're talking about missing open receivers, well, they were open, right? Now they're going to face better athletes against Florida's defense, but I still think there's a chance to get some guys open and make some plays in the passing game in this offense on the defensive side. Again, I'm not saying it's an advantage, but to this point, Tennessee has done well stopping the run. Let's see if they can do that for real in the sec because Florida's going to run the ball and Florida showed last week what it can do. So it's definitely not an advantage going in for Tennessee, but it has been a strength that you're hoping can show up again. But if, if we're just lining the two teams up, Line of scrimmage advantages, Florida quarterback advantage. I think to this point would be Florida coaching advantage to this point would be Florida overall roster. The advantage is Florida and the game's at Florida. So <laughs> this is not a line them up and play them game and say, we're just going to beat them. But if you can win the turnover battle, if you can hit some of those big plays we're talking about in the offense and uh, you know, be good in special teams, those things, the cliches that kind of pop up that everybody's saying they're real this week. If Tennessee's going to have a chance. Well, when you put it that way, Josh. Um, I, I, hey, listen, uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, I, I think I would lay the points if I was putting money on it, but this is one of those where I stay away, I think. Uh, I would stay away as well. I will not be laying any money on the the line. I, at the beginning of the week, said I would actually go Tennessee because of a backdoor cover opportunity. They got one last yeah, year. Yeah. So if they were able to last year with an offense this year that's a little bit better, 
Uh, we saw that in the first couple of games that Florida played. Plus, what if they do have some kind of letdown factor? If Florida's all in, then uh, you want to be all in on the Gators too. Yep. Josh, always a pleasure, man. Enjoy the game this weekend. We'll talk next week. Thank you, sir. You got it. Thank you. Nashville SC got some revenge and picked up three massive points on Wednesday night in a 5-1 to one win over a depleted Inter-Miami side down in South Florida. Gary Smith rolled out arguably one of his best and most talented lineups, and it showed. The boys in gold dominated both ends of the game for basically the entire 90 minutes. In just the sixth minute, Hani Mukhtar scored his 11th goal of the season off a beautiful cross from Alistair Johnston. Then Walker Zimmerman dunked on the entire Miami squad in the 39th minute with a towering header off a perfectly placed Anibal Godoy service. Mukhtar then banged home a rebound just a few minutes into the second half with his 12th goal of the season. That was in the 48th minute. Miami then got one back in the 64th minute, making it 3-1, and the match got a little chippy as a tough challenge and subsequent scuffle between Mukhtar and about half the Miami roster resulted in a yellow card that actually went on Nashville's star goal scorer. He was taken out of the game immediately, and it seems like he's okay, but again, uh, it was a tough challenge. Just minutes later, however, though, Nashville SC kept their composure and snatched back all of the momentum when Randall Leal barreled through three Miami defenders and found the back post for SC's fourth goal of the night. And then, of course, Alistair Johnston put the chef's kiss on the game with Nashville's fifth goal in stoppage time. Mukhtar and Sapong now lead the league in combined goals and assists after yet another productive evening. And there is absolutely no reason why Hani Mukhtar should not be a prime candidate for MVP of the MLS this season. I'm not suggesting he should be the front runner, but he should absolutely be one of the finalists. Nashville SC hangs on to second place in the Eastern Conference with the win for the time being and will wrap up their long road trip with a match against lowly Chicago at noon on Sunday afternoon. We are, of course, brought to you by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. You know what they're all about. They're all about trust. They're all about craftsmanship. They're all about the process. And they're all about making sure you have all of the information before you make any big decisions about your home. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, that's the Kingston Group. They are award-winning for a reason. BuildKG.com is the website. Thank you guys all for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. That is all that we ask. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been the 444 Thursday, September 23rd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.